This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey, you have found the Mess It Up Podcast, and we are in the hundreds now. This is show number 101, and our word of the week this week is fortuitous. And I think it's very fortuitous that you have found us. Fortuitous means a lot like what it sounds like to me. It's just like a very good thing that happens. It's beneficial to you. It's like, you know, lucky finding this thing. And I am super fortuitous to have my friend Callie on the show. So Callie, go ahead and tell the people about yourself. I'm very fortuitous as well. <gasps> yeah. Nice. That just got you 10 bonus points by the way for using that word. That was the plan. Nice. Yes. So I'm Callie Bacon and uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's so much fun to have. I've been trying to get Callie to do the show for a long time and it just hasn't connected. And it's not that she hasn't been willing. She's willing. Right. I had to do a little arm twisting, but not a whole lot. Right. But it's just schedules and goofiness. Um, so anyhow, it should be a fun show today. Right. But we're here. We are here. Uh, I want to remind everybody that we are all over the place on social media. So you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Reddit. Please go find us on those places. Uh, we also have a blog that we do on uh, Mondays called Minister of Mocha. So if you check ministerofmocha.com, uh, read the blog. Leave a little comment. I love it when people leave comments. It makes me feel uh, like I'm writing to more people than just myself. And do you know what I love about your blog? Tell me. Is it's not too long. Yes. Because I look at really long blogs and I won't read them. That's the way, that's why I do it that way because yeah. I don't like to read long blogs either. I just yeah. want something super short. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, short that's and sweet. Like the, the, oh, Get wow. to the point. Yep. Like, I like you. It. <laughs> short and sweet. Aww. Yeah, Kelly's not super tall, but <laughs> not she much. is super sweet. Uh, so anyhow, check us out on those places. Uh, last, well, a couple weeks ago, we did a, uh, a, a instant or a. a social media challenge. So far, I still have the coffee card for the social media challenge. So I, I didn't see any of your pictures for uh, Brick a Brac or any other things we did. So um, make sure you, you take advantage of that. I'm still looking. Uh, so when I see that, uh, that stuff, and hopefully by the time this comes out, that's not true because I'm recording a couple weeks in advance. But anyhow, as of the recording of this, I still have the coffee card. So uh, check those things out. That'd be great. You can also support the show. This is a listener-supported show, and you can support us in a couple of different ways. One, leave a review or a rating on iTunes. That really, really helps people to uh, find the show, get new listeners, so I really appreciate you doing that. So wherever you're listening, uh, find a, a way to leave a rating and a review, and please go rate us and review us on iTunes because it is still the, uh, the top dog on podcasts. And then also, if you want to support us financially, uh, click on the Become a Patron button on our webpage. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the podcast financially, keep us going, and support the things. And really, a dollar a month is super, super not a lot of money. Uh, but if, you know, if even half of the people who listen to the show just did that dollar a month uh, giving level, it would make a massive difference. The show would be completely funded and uh, wouldn't none would come out of pocket on that. So that would really be nice. So we should probably start doing that. You know, we appreciate anybody yeah. who does and we love our patrons. Yeah. And um, I'm working on uh, the final touches of the book. So uh, patrons will get a free digital copy of uh, the book. And also um, we'll be getting uh, audio uh chapters one a week. Once I start getting the uh, audio version of it done, we'll be giving one chapter a week uh, for the audio book. And then once it's done, you'll get the full uh, version of the audio book as well. So we love our patrons. So check that out if you want to. And if not, you know, it's always free. So we appreciate uh, everything you do uh, for us. I've also got some uh, two new podcasts coming out for patrons only, uh, hopefully in the uh, the coming months here. I've just got to get my ducks in a row and make that all happen. So lots of fun and exciting things. But that's not the reason we're here. The reason we're here is because of my friend Callie. I used to share an office with Callie. And I can say of all the people that I ever shared an office with, Callie has been my favorite. Awesome. And uh, I've only ever shared an office with Callie, mm -hmm. strangely enough. So she's also been my least favorite person to share an office with. Right. Uh, which is sad. Right. The but, only arguing we ever had was the lights. And the chair. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, we so had. So too. Yeah. yeah. So I was always in the office, and Callie, being a young mom, uh, was not able to always be in the office because she had a life, and I didn't. So I would just hang out because I was lonely, uh, and so I was doing all the video work. So I had the room really dark, so I could see my video better, 
and it was a small little office and we had two chairs the office chairs you know the big ones that kind of rock back and forth and have wheels one of them was good mm -hmm. one of them was not right and uh whoever was not there uh had was victim of the old switcheroo right right yeah and so today she offered me a chair in her office and i'm looking i'm thinking is that the chair <laughs> and so I, I opted not to take the chair uh, because i just wasn't sure if that was going to be a setup or not so <laughs> anyhow uh callie yes you are now a mother of two correct and uh you are the wife of our youth pastor at the church right and also uh, you guys do, uh, and, and Matt, your husband will be on, uh, on another show. You're going to be talking about, you guys do work with, uh, Youth for Christ. Right. Yeah. And I've known Matt way longer than Callie. Oh yeah. But I like Callie better than Matt. Longer than you've known me and longer than I've known him. Yes. Yes. We, um, we've known Matt since he was a wee young, uh, junior high snot nosed kid. Right. Uh, and, um, it's just really amazing. When I heard that Matt was getting married, I was like, I can't wait to see this bozo. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt and I both agree that we both married way out of our league. Uh, we both <laughs> took a huge step and uh, everybody's envious of us and feels bad for our wives. So uh, that's an okay thing. But uh, Callie, you have just an amazing, amazing story and we take messes, turn them into messages. And when I think about that, it's it's sad that we waited till show 101 to get you on to talk about this because your life has a huge mess but is an amazing amazing message so Thank you. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about youth and your life as a, a child and and the stuff that went on and, and right give us a little look at that right um, I grew up on the central coast of California and uh, I had a totally normal childhood. Uh, my parents were married, like not a ton of stress in my life, older brother, older sister, normal home life. Uh, but then when I was in late elementary school, I started getting these terrible migraines. And that's the only way I can describe it right now. However, they don't even actually compare to migraines. I remember thinking that I just would rather die than keep feeling that. And that's an interesting, odd thought for somebody who has a normal good life. Right. And, that, and is yeah. that hard for you to express as a child to your parents in a way that they can understand that you're not just faking it because you don't want to go to school or you just maybe don't feel good? Right, right. And thankfully, I had parents that really... Um, were concerned about it and didn't think I was lying. Now, other people did. I remember my brother and sister thinking uh. that I was. And even the school secretary, actually, at my elementary school, talked to my parents and said, you know, this seems to be happening during PE. Is she trying to get out of PE? Oh, yeah. Which, as you know, I mean, as a kid, PE's the best because yeah. you get to hang out with your friends. You get yeah. to talk to your friends. I hate running, but... PE was the greatest. And uh, so actually after, you know, things came out and happened, the secretary actually wrote to my parents and apologized for, for going about things like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So this is like fifth grade, sixth grade, fourth grade. Right. Uh, looking back now, I saw things happening in fourth grade, okay. uh, but I mean, it was so far and few between that it just kind of led up to things where things actually got really bad in sixth grade. Okay. That's when things really started happening. Okay. And so it's, and, and you said earlier, they don't even compare to migraines right. and I'm presuming that you mean they go way beyond mm -hmm. what a Correct. migraine was. Okay. Much mm -hmm. more intense. And was it right. just the severe pain and discomfort? It was the whole, you know, light thing and right it was light it was sounds I remember and this is probably when I was younger maybe even younger than fourth grade I was maybe in second grade and we were in PE doing the bunny hop do you remember the bunny hop yeah to that song yeah. <laughs> and I remember the sounds started sounding like clapping noises uh. and I just I was gonna fall over and things so even looking way back I remember stuff happening that wasn't normal but um so yeah, sounds, lights, flashing lights in my eyes, which some people get freaked out now hearing that because that's also a side effect of migraines. Yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, all of those things. And so 
what progressed from there? When did you go from, okay, this is not good? Because I'm guessing you came home, your parents put you in bed, maybe gave you some aspirin or right. Tylenol yep. or something. Yep. When did it progress beyond that? And they think, okay, we've got to get doctors involved with this and see what's going on. When it just started happening more regularly, my mom took me to my pediatrician. Um, I, I don't really remember this too much, but she tells me now that she took me multiple times mm -hmm. because it was getting so bad, and they just kept telling her that it was I was going through puberty. Okay. That's what they thought. Okay. And you keep on mentioning that it was during PE, so did yeah. they say, okay, well, she's just running, her heart rate gets up, and it's blood pressure, and Probably. all those kind of things? Yep. Okay. Yep. Your body's just changing, and so when things are extreme like that... Okay. Yeah. And then how to continue through the progression of, of stuff? Because it gets messier than this. Right. Yeah. It does get messier. So uh, I actually remember one instance where I was at a friend's birthday party, and we were in a limo because her dad had a limo company. Dang. Yeah. So. Do you still know this friend? You know, we're Facebook friends, and but I, I haven't seen her in years. Oh, we'll wow. have to get a hold of we'll them. Have to get her on. Hey, you know, I have girl. no idea. <laughs> she is a mom now. I do know nice. that. Yeah. We can go cruising in a 1990s limo. Right. She's a friend where you know you like each other's pictures, but yeah, I really haven't seen her in years. So, okay. yeah. Um, so we were at that birthday party. I'm in the limo, and all of a sudden, I had no idea where I was. I had no idea who was around me. Didn't know anything, and I remember them pulling over the limo, and uh, eventually, it just all started coming back to me. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird to me how things just weren't that big of a deal. I remember them calling my parents, and I was like, okay, how's she doing now? She's getting better. Okay. I, it was a sleepover. I stayed yeah. the night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, I imagine that's very disorienting and mm -hmm. scary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But then after that, when it came back, were you just like, no, that was weird, and then just bounced back from it? I must have, yeah, because I remember going to the dollar store once we got to in where we were going. Please say you went to the dollar store in the yes, limo. Yes, we did. Oh, we my did. gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. So I do remember that. So I things just started coming back. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you're still now at this point elementary age? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm guessing that that was in sixth grade. I don't remember exactly, but that's when things started getting worse. So I was probably in sixth grade at that party. And then, um, yeah, things started getting to the point where it was weekly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what happened after that? So I was in performing arts. I used to be in plays and dance and things. And we did Greece. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was Frenchy. Oh. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. This is my admission to okay. the world. Never seen Grease. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. With how much you know movies and you know music I and... I have never seen Grease. Okay. There's a movie night planned. <laughs> yep. That needs to happen. Is there a reason you've never seen uh, it? You know, my girls would always... I, I heard it in okay. the other room uh -huh. and I just like John Travolta acting like yeah. a goofy guy. Right. I just... I didn't need it. Yeah. When it came out, I was definitely, no, uh-uh, not having this. Really? Uh, and so I think it just, that, that stuck uh, with me because I'm like, yeah, just not doing this thing. Right. We're going to tear that away from you. Okay. You're going to see that movie. Okay. It's great. So yeah, I was Frenchie, um, the beauty school dropout. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the play had ended and we were actually going to Madonna Inn. I don't know if you... Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Madonna Inn. Look it up on the internet. Really fun, cool place. It on is. The coast. It's awesome. Um, so we were going there to do a performance. We were just going to perform a song. Really? Yes. God, Did I they was... know that or were you just like... <laughs> Here we are. You know, flash mob. <laughs> I'm guessing they knew, but... I was in, you know, no area of yeah. planning that. So uh, we got to get out of school early, so that was exciting. It's always a good time. Yeah. We were at the studio waiting, and I'm, you know, in costume and stuff, and um, all of a sudden, this thing came over me. I, again, had no idea where I was, didn't know who anyone was, uh, except I knew who my mom was, and I, I panicked ran outside up these stairs outside looking for my mom which is weird because my mom didn't actually drop me off mm. my friend's mom dropped me off so i ran out there my friends chased me i collapsed in the parking lot they brought me back in i started drooling everywhere just went into a full-blown seizure okay yeah and 
for some reason, I mean, you. That's to your knowledge your first seizure. My mom looks back now and thinks I've had other ones, but that was my first grandma seizure. Okay. Yeah, and so this is another weird instance as what what were we all thinking? But <laughs> no one called nine one one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they called my mom. My mom came and picked me up. Um, my mom to this day says, I have no idea what I was thinking. I just was in panic mode. Sure. And she drove me to my pediatrician's office, which was about 15 minutes away. Okay. And I remember her carrying me into the office that we had to go up an elevator. And I remember oh her carrying word. me up there. Yeah. And going into the office and my pediatrician going, oh, hey, how are you? Not realizing something was wrong immediately. And my mom just saying, something's wrong with her. Something's wrong. And they were ready to go on lunch break. They were ready to walk out the door. Yeah. And thankfully, she caught him in time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so at this point, the seizure had passed, I'm guessing, with that. No. Mm -mm. Wow. The I mean, the there was no convulsing at this point. There was no drooling. So that aspect, yes, okay. the seizure had passed. But I was now in a completely different. Yeah, that after. Yeah, I was. I was well, still completely not myself. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any remembrance of this stuff, or only through what you've been told? I do. I have the memory of it as if it were a dream. Okay. So I have certain bits and pieces of it, yeah. memory-wise, um, but I do remember it enough to to know what was looking back, seeing what was going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so this is the first one. What what did they think at that point? Like this, I'm guessing they thought, okay, this is a one-time thing. That's not, you know, they probably didn't try to maximize it. Probably try to minimize it and take small steps. They actually actually no, they they went full on. Really? Into it, finally, yeah, finally they they believed it and <laughs> they knew I wasn't going through puberty. Yeah, and so um, I remember them wheeling me over. It was hooked. My pediatrician office was hooked to the hospital. Okay. Thankfully, um, I remember them wheeling me over to the hospital, and now in between that time, I have no idea what the time frame is, but they uh, gave me an MRI, and. My mom tells me this part. I wasn't here for this part, but apparently the doctor, my pediatrician came out to tell them what was going on. And he said, uh, we don't know exactly what it is yet, but there's a mass in her brain. Mm. So. And that was after doing some tests or they just... Mm -hmm. That was after okay. an MRI. And man, so now... I mean, we need to get mom and dad on this. I mean, I, as a parent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd be interesting to talk to. Can you imagine hearing? No, that I cannot news imagine about your your child. No, I look back on it now, and I think of what I've been through and the hard times, and I would so rather have been through that a million times than see my kids go through it. Oh gosh, mm -hmm. yeah, no way would I ever want anything like that. No, I hated when my kid had a hangnail. Right, you know, <laughs> right. much less. Exactly. Oh, by the way, mom. Uh, there's right. a big mass on the kids. Right, right. My mom fainted when they told them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and was she, it was just you and her at that point? Was dad there yet? Nope, dad was there. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, apparently he caught her. Oh, yep. nice. Yep. Okay. So, that changes the whole perspective on stuff now. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so then what happened from there? Things moved quickly from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they did a brain catheterization. They ended up... And what is that? You know, I don't know the whole point of it, but... Is that taking fluid off to check? No, they, they, they go up your groin, and apparently I moved during it. I had a bruise from my stomach down my leg. Wow. Yeah. Biggest so they're chasing the spine then? Yeah, and so they go all the way up into the brain. You hear people have heart catheterizations a lot, uh -huh. but right. I have heard, I am not a doctor, but I have heard that a brain catheterization was actually more dangerous than the surgery itself. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I... I I should probably read up on that. I yeah, know. whatever. You know. Oh, and this was also my 12th birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. Great wow. birthday present. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that procedure then gives them more information. And then mm -hmm. what was the next step medically from that? So the next step was, um, it, it was called a cavernous hemangioma. It was a mass in my brain um, that was hemorrhaging. Oh, wow. And so they needed to take it out. So the next step was to airlift me to UCLA and do emergency brain surgery there. Mercy sakes. And so this, mm -hmm. 
uh, when, when people, well, when, when I hear tumor, mm-hmm. immediately just think, okay, cancer. Right. Not, not all tumors are cancer. And it wasn't a tumor. And masses are not. not a tumor. <laughs> not necessary. And it, so it, it was it its own kind of thing? Is it mm-hmm. like some sort of a cyst? Some sort of a, what? what is this? So... Have you heard of hemangiomas? Like that, you can have them outside the, the first body. First time I heard you say that, and I've really? never heard anybody else. It's okay. not in my common lexicon. It would have been a great right. word of the week. Oh, there you go. We should have done that today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was. There's different kinds of hemangiomas. This was a cavernous hemangioma. Um, some people have them outside of their bodies, where it actually looks like a birthmark. Oh. Yeah. So it's just a mass in the brain that, uh, like, of blood vessels. That, okay. that was bleeding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will go their whole lives without knowing about it and die of old age, and they find them in autopsies. Okay. So it is very uncommon for them to actually bleed. However, not completely uncommon for someone to have them. Now, when you say it was bleeding, was it like a slow <laughs> bleed, or was it like a big bleed, like a, like basically you're having a stroke? Uh, so, good point. It was a stroke. Okay. Yes. Um, it didn't, as far as I know, it didn't completely burst because that would kill me. Mm-hmm. And so it was a bleed and not just okay. a burst. Yeah. Okay. But it it's, was a type of stroke. So 12 years old. Yep. Got this unpronounceable word right. and a stroke. <laughs> right. Yeah. And. Yeah. In the hospital. Uh, so they had me in ICU. Um, while waiting for the helicopter, and I still, uh, I had a grandma seizure, a very, very bad one. Um, and I remember going into it, my hand fell asleep, and I remember pulling at my hand, and I remember my parents going, Callie, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then going into a grandma. Yeah. So I actually remember that, but I didn't know who my family was. I didn't know, I, I didn't go back into my normal self until after the surgery was over. So it, it continued. I didn't understand the concept of what a family was even. Uh, I just, wow. I was there. I, I didn't know who were, I remember knowing that I loved my parents mm-hmm. and that they were important to me, but I had no idea what even parents were. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And did you know which one of the people in the room they were? Or you just knew that there was this concept of parent that you loved? Parent. I don't know if I knew they were mom and dad, uh-huh. but I knew that they were both Okay. Important to me. And did yeah. things keep on getting worse from there? Did they start getting better from there? Or what? They were stable from there at, at, at the same where they were. Okay. Um, but I do remember being very scared about the helicopter coming. And when I was really little, I called helicopters hipticopters before I could yeah. pronounce it. And I started calling it that again. Okay. Yeah. So I completely reverted back to. Right two, three-year-old. Okay. So, um, but I do remember laying in my hospital bed in the ICU. They had moved me in front of the window because I was in bad shape that way. And they wanted to make sure I didn't have another one. And, um, so my bed was against the wall on the side. And then also the headboard was against, against the wall, my hospital bed. And I was really scared. And then I remember turning my head and looking up because I saw a blurry figure against the wall in my bed. So you think about how out of it I was, and you think, oh, it was probably just a person standing there, and it looked different, but it was actually in a spot where no one could stand. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> under normal circumstances, that would be really freaky mm-hmm. to see. And looking back on it, I, I completely, it calmed me down. It yeah. made me not scared. I Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And so then through, I mean, you're not still having surgeries and stuff like that, but what was the rest of school like? Because you're 12 years old. Right. Right. What what goes on for the rest of life then? Right. So I had, C, uh, I had, I had the surgery, was flown to UCLA, had surgery. After that... And um, I feel compelled, by the way, just to mention, not USC, UCLA. <laughs> just saying. Yes. Yes. Go Bruins. UCLA. Yeah, go Bruins. Um, I know absolutely nothing about sports or college sports, as we recently had a conversation uh-huh. about this. But I am a Bruins fan just for the simple fact that, you know, yeah, saved my life over there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so had surgery. I then got really bad epilepsy. And it's because of the scar tissue in my brain. 
and I was having grand mal seizures regularly after that. And my grand mal seizures last about 20 minutes, Mercy. where normal, average grand mal seizures last two to three minutes. Right. And so I'm down for a couple of days afterwards. And uh, yeah, I was on crazy medications, all different kinds, because they couldn't find the right remedies, you know? And so all kinds of side effects, um, so exhausted all the time, which, you know, is. And you were, at, when all mm-hmm. this first started happening, Public school. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, did you continue public school? Did you start homeschool or, or home study or? I did. Um, it. I continued with normal school because that happened at the very beginning of the summer. Well, it happened last day of school actually, oh, okay. um, day before the last day of school. So I had the summer to recover, and I. So I started junior high. I loved junior high. Everyone says like they coming, hate junior what high. What was that like coming back after that? I mean, did, did people know, like, yeah. hey, here's brain surgery girl? Right. Did you have crazy scars or hair right. different? Or? So my they shaved the back of my head. By the time summer came, I was able to, or not summer, the school year came, I was able to cover that up enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people that I went to elementary school with, at least, they knew. But, uh, I mean, I got a lot of cards and visitors and things like yeah. that uh, but they're the only ones that really knew the ones that I went to school with already and were the other kids generally speaking supportive or were they the junior high kids like find something weird about one kid and right. point that out so you're not the weird one you know what's interesting is looking back I didn't really tell that many people it, it kind of was not that big of a like I was out of school a lot here and there because I'd go into the hospital for tests and so after that, I grew up a lot in the hospital. Um, but I remember a time where I was going into the hospital the next day to UCLA. That's where all, you know, the ma- majority of my tests and things were. And going to the movies with my friends the night before, and I didn't even tell them that oh I wasn't going into the hospital the next day. And I, I don't think there was really a reason. I just, it, it became normal for me, I guess. But the seizures were the main thing that affected me at that time. Okay. Uh, the fire department, they started calling them Cali calls mm. whenever they would get called because, it, I mean, it was at least once a month that they would get called. The doctors said because of the length of my seizures, we needed to call 911 every time. So, you know, that became a thing. I had a grandma seizure during school in junior high. Um, that was seventh grade, and that was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Traumatic for you and for the yeah. other kids. Nobody knows what's going on. Right. I remember. So it was during lunch. Unfortunately, awesome. it was during yeah. lunch. Yeah. Um, I was in the off, or I was outside of the office actually. Um, on the plus side, a lot of people don't know when seizures are coming on, and they just fall. I can tell when I'm gonna have a seizure. Okay. So I can lay down and kind of prepare for it. I get the aura ahead of time. So I ran into the school office and laid down on the ground, started having a seizure. But when the ambulance got there, they put me on the gurney, wheeled me out. The whole school was lined up watching me. Right. Yeah. I remember turning my head and seeing them. This is after I was coming out of it and just turning my head away. Just so embarrassed. Yeah. Not wanting to give them the big thumbs up. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So that, I mean, well, and so I'm going to, you know, bring this around to our, our song of the week here mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of give us a little bit of a pause and and I always ask you know guests you know what song would you like to use and Callie said she'd like to use uh, Walk by Faith by Jeremy Camp and we're going to give it a little listen but uh, we'll bring that around when we come back after the break so this is Walk by Faith by Jeremy Camp and we'll be back in about 90 seconds to uh, talk a little more with Callie covers all I do 
was Jeremy Camp, Walk by Faith. And Kelly, tell me a little bit, why did you pick that song? So that song, uh, after my surgeries and not knowing what's going to come next with my health, uh, the first time I heard that song, it really spoke to me because I needed to walk by faith um, and not by sight. I needed to not know what was coming because I, I didn't know and I needed to just fully rely on God. And, and were you a... a a kid who was brought up in an active faith or were you just participants at church or? Yeah. So I went to church. My parents went to church with us when I was up until preschool. So I barely remember that. Uh, we moved, never really found a church. My parents always raised me to know who God was, to believe in God, but I never knew about a relationship with God. And you know, we would say the prayers before bed, and now I lay me down to sleep. Right. That, uh, But I didn't know what a relationship with God was. I started going to church with my friend when I was in elementary school, like in, in fifth and sixth grade, mm -hmm. when all of this really started. And uh, and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, they, they actually made me a prayer blanket when I was having all the Oh, wow. Bad migraines, wow. yeah. And a week, they, they were praying that we would find out what was going on, and a week later is when everything everything okay. happened. Okay, so mm -hmm. uh, so did you hear this song when you were going through all of this stuff? Because I know you're younger than me, but being an mm -hmm. old person all the years, what, what time frame are you looking at here? So I am looking at, I was about 19 when I heard this song, 1920, mm -hmm. and that was when... I wasn't having the regular grandma seizures like I was, but I was in a place in my life where I didn't know how I was going to continue as an adult by myself, okay. not with my parents taking right. care of me. I was sleeping all the time. Uh -huh. And so how am I going to function in a normal adult life? Okay. So I was going through all of that. Yeah. And I remember when this song came out, just thinking, you know, this is a powerful, uh, a powerful thing but you know the 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 story behind the song is you know he had lost his wife right and he's still going to do that and i just always thought man that's powerful and it, it i heard this song before i had all my issues okay and so then when i had my issues this song really meant you know because i had to walk by faith too and i look at it, the the, the uh, verse that or a line that really sticks out to me it says help me to win my endless fears mm-hmm and just to be able to win over those fears and not let them beat me. That's right. something that's just so important to me. And I, I imagine to a person going through this as a, as a young person, I mean, so looking at high school years, mm -hmm. okay, high school, when I'm in high school, I'm getting my driver's license, mm -hmm. getting a job, going to the dances, going to the football games and basketball games and acting a fool. <laughs> yeah. Talk to us about high school. So high school looked even less like normal than junior high did. Uh, junior high, I was still able to kind of hold that half normal friendship life, things like that. But on the first day of my high school, I had a grandma seizure, walking to my first period class <laughs> and uh, started feeling really sick and really off again and had an MRI and turns out I had, it was bleeding again. So had another surgery, and after that one, I actually came out a lot worse. I seizures continued. I lost all of my reading and number recognition. I couldn't read at all. Looked like a foreign language, uh, and was going to rehab to get that back a couple times a week. And I came out of that surgery being half blind. Also, was that more terrifying or frustrating? All of the above. <laughs> the uh, the vision side of it was terrifying, and the reading side of it was extremely frustrating. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's you know it's something that we play with now with the vision. Mm -hmm. But you know when Callie and I had our office together, we weren't sitting next to each other. We were our backs were to each other, kind of. Right. And so when you come up on Callie, you have to come up on the right, the proper side mm -hmm. of her face because. She just doesn't see one side of the world. Right. And uh, I can't imagine that. So that means 
you don't drive. Right. And just the things that are normal parts of a childhood mm -hmm. and memories you just didn't get to participate in. Right. Right. Um, I, you've never had a driver's license, correct? Correct. Okay. I never have. I remember when my friends started all getting their driver's license, my dad would take me into parking lots and let me drive around. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, so you started missing more and more school? Yeah. I actually, I went back into school three months after my surgery. I had, I did home hospital for a while after that. I had a teacher come to my house, went back to school three months after, still couldn't read at all. And we were, my English class was reading the Odyssey, mm. which is funny because they had a friend take notes for me, mm -hmm. even though I couldn't read those read notes, notes at all. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the interesting part is I could write perfectly. <laughs> I could write perfectly, and then I would look at it and it made no sense to me. That's, that is yes, wacky. That is the wonder of our brain. Oh is gosh, my reading and my writing were in two different spots of my brain, and so the part that was removed was my reading ability, and the part where I could write was still there. And language was always okay. Yeah. For the most part, I have aphasia actually now. Um, sometimes I get what, what's that? So it's kind of complicated. You're gonna, you're gonna have to look it up in a little. <laughs> it affects <laughs> it affects people differently also, uh, and it, it happens a lot in stroke stroke victims. And um, I sometimes forget the words that I'm looking for. Okay. Uh, I used to really get things confused, objects confused, even. Mostly, it has to do with the way I talk and you know getting words mixed up and not remembering words, what I want to say. Um, but there was a time also I got a, my toothbrush and my hairbrush mixed up. I couldn't remember what to brush my teeth with and what to... <laughs> and so all I can hear right now is veggie tails. <laughs> Where yes. my hairbrush? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, what did you do about school then? So went back into school, reading the Odyssey. It got to the point where I was also always tired. I ended up sleeping 18 hours a day. I had no life. I was sleeping all the time. So I couldn't keep up in a normal classroom. And so I started doing independent study, which is where I did my, my schoolwork at home, met with a teacher once a week. So, mm -hmm. But I actually, with the amount of times I was going into the hospitals and, and stuff, I, I didn't get to the point where I had enough uh, credits to graduate. So did, was the medical, physical stuff just so overwhelming that it didn't matter? Or was it like, cause I could see myself like, uh, I don't get to go to the prom. Oh, mm -hmm. I don't get to do these things. Was that mm -hmm. on the back burner because the medical stuff was so much larger or did you feel that loss as well? At yeah, I felt, I felt that loss at the time because I'd be laying in the hospital bed during that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, the hardest thing out of all of that was was not graduating. Yeah. I couldn't even go to my graduation. Yeah. It was which we should probably bring up that you threw me a graduation party. My own graduation <laughs> ceremony. Yeah, Callie wound up being the valedictorian. Right, I was, yeah. Class. It was so good. Uh, it was when so so we'll jump forward into, you know, the message part of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh but you know, uh, We'll just take this one out of, out, of, out of context here. We were talking when, when Callie worked at the uh, church with us. Uh, there were a group of us, and we, her husband was the youth pastor. And so it was coming up on graduation time, and I made some sort of a comment along the lines of I would hate to be working with youth and having to go to graduations all the time. <laughs> and Callie made this kind of offhand comment that she never graduated from you know, junior high or high school or anything like that. And I was just like... You know, did the dog look to her? And we started talking more. And so we just decided as staff that we couldn't have that. Mm -hmm. So we uh, we did a graduation, invited the parents out, had a cap and gown, and played the yeah. music and all that. Had a video. It was yeah. It was it was the most fun graduation yeah. I've ever been to. I cried a lot. Uh, parents were crying. Uh, was, yeah. 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 It was beautiful. I actually still have my photo album that you guys made for me. Really? In my desk right here. Yep. Aw. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. Yep. Wow. So so how do you take this mess? I mean, you're this young girl who doesn't get to do anything other than spend a lot of time in hospitals and surgeries. And if you're in, in Walmart right now, walking down the 
aisle in Walmart, nobody has any clue that mm -hmm. this has happened. Right. You're not mopey. You are smiley and bubbly. You have two vibrant little kids, and you're very active with youth ministry. And what happened? A God got a hold of me. <laughs> really, I mean, it, if this, I'm thankful for everything that has happened now. Looking back at it, I would. I don't know where I would be in life, really, if this thing, you know, hadn't happened. I think about how the Bible says, you know, God will make of good what Satan will make for evil. And it could, completely could have gone the other way. And I look and just how good God has made of it. I wouldn't be where I am physically, emotionally, spiritually had this not happened. I, I don't believe I would even know you. Yeah. You know. And how do you how do you use this in your ministry? How do you use this experience to because your ministry is amazing and you're just you're just I mean one of the most fun people to be around. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm guessing you were fun. I mean, I've heard stories of youth and sticking cigarettes in birds' mouths and stuff. <laughs> that is a great story. <laughs> uh, but why that it shouldn't be a person who's gone through this much stuff should be more bitter by the world standards, should be less hopeful, should not be encouraging to people, but so many people get so much from you and look forward to seeing you. How, how is that? I mean, I know God, but, but what on, on your end? I mean, when you wake up in the morning, what is, what are you thinking? I think hopeful is a good word there. Because uh, once I really did start growing a relationship with God, I had so much hope in what my future would look like. And um, just seeing where I am now versus then, um, I, I couldn't be there without what he's done in my life. And I'm so grateful for that. I always looked at the other kids in the hospital with me and saw where they were at. And I'm like, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm, I'm doing good. I've, I've got this. I, I don't have cancer. I'm not in here on chemo. And, you know, sometimes when I would complain about it, it's like, no, I'm okay. I'm, you know, and I've just always seen God come through. Yeah. And that's just always meant so much to me. And I always like to encourage other people, especially teenagers, that, that God's there through it all. Even when it doesn't seem like it, you look back and you're like, wow, there he was. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So. And, and then looking back, you know, when you say that you're thankful for it, mm -hmm. when did that happen? Probably when I started growing my relationship with God, which was in 1920 years old. Oh, I was uh, like 1920. Wow, you're older than that. Oh, yeah. Way back when. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's probably that's probably when I started looking at it that way. Mm. And so. Did because I, I look at my situation and I am able now to find thankfulness in it. I would not be doing right. prison ministry if everything hadn't happened to me. I would probably be a lukewarm Christian who came right. to church on Sunday and that was it. Absolutely. Um, and it has, it's been one of those things that by bringing me low, it's been able to send me high. Mm -hmm. and, and I always tell people a plane goes into a dive before it does a loop. Right. Uh, because it needs to get that, that momentum and so being able to pull out of the dive and turn it into something fantastic like a loop mm -hmm. has been a huge blessing for me. And I'm glad that I've been able to do that. And I wouldn't have done it without that. I would have just gone through. But, um, I mean, do, do you wake up in the morning and think, okay, well, I like you can't drive. Right. You're a mother of two. You can't drive. You, mm -hmm. You've got to, you have to be reliant on other people. Right. Is that um, tiresome to you? Mm -hmm. Is it... A burden? Is it frustrating? Is it like, ah, nobody will know. I'll just hop in the car and drive. <laughs> That's all of the above, except for hopping in the car and driving because I'm terrified. <laughs> but yes, I mean, those are things that even though I've over overcome the depression of it, the, um, you know, feeling upset about it and stuff, these things still are with me. You know, these are still daily struggles that I deal with. It's not like 
because I have this relationship with God, because he has shown me, you know, his goodness and in, in being there for me through this doesn't mean that those things just disappear. I just now have hope to, you know, to deal with them and get through them. And so being able to just do simple things when it comes to especially driving, that's, I guess, I, you know, I find myself sometimes apologizing to Matt and saying, I'm so sorry I can't drive because he has to do the grocery runs. He has to do, you know, when he works full time and does things. And um, it was especially difficult when he was a police officer because he works 12 hour shifts mm-hmm. and um, I can't simply run to the store and get, you know, a jug of milk if we forgot it. Right. And so that was. That's always frustrating if I can't just take my kids out and drive to the park. Yeah. That's that's something always hard. So I'm, I always find myself apologizing sometimes. I'm so sorry you have to go to the store. And he's like, stop. I married you knowing this. Right. <laughs> you right. know, so he's helpful there. But yes, that, that is a constant frustration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in, in, in wrapping this up, um, what would be you know, your message to someone who's going through, through something, maybe not similar, but, mm-hmm. but going through a struggle medically, not sure what's happening. Um, what, what hope or advice could you give to them? I would just say, even if you don't feel God in your situation right now, completely rely on him. Uh, we recently talked about that with the youth group. You're not always going to feel him present in your life at that moment. But if you fully rely on him later on, you're going to look back and you're going to see that he was working in that time. And um, that's something that I would probably say to everyone is even when you can't feel it, he's working in your life. And just to be able to have that hope and to dig into your Bible and see that that's another thing is so many people going through stuff in the Bible that seemed completely hopeless. There's stuff yes. in there that I can't even imagine. I, I love that. I love reading about like Bible heroes because it makes me feel like, okay, Moses was kind of an idiot. Okay, David, he was a big fat jerk. So that right. makes me feel a little bit better about right. myself not being perfect. Right. I'm yeah. and, and murderers, right? That that have come through and then were the most um you know, just had the biggest relationships with Christ. Yeah, well, and David, he's like, hey, I really yeah. like that lady. I know I'll take her husband and kill him. Right. Yeah. And then write Psalms. Right. It's like, how do you come back from that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God brings you back from that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And he can do anything. He can do anything. And that's, that's kind of the advice that I would give is even when you don't feel him or things are going really bad, God just, I mean... You can't even imagine the things he can do with it. Yeah. I, I was having coffee with a guy just last, this last week and he was in a bit of a struggle and I told him, you know, he said, Hey, you know, can we pray? And I said, yeah, I will continue praying for you right. and I'm going to pray for your weakness. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I wanted to know, I said, I want you to know I'm not praying for strength. Yeah. I'm praying for you to be broken. Right. So you Sometimes that's what God. it takes. Yeah. yeah. That's what it took for me. Yeah. I had to, cause as long as I could maybe do it, I kept on trying to do it. Right, it was right, until absolutely. I couldn't do anything that I finally relented and let God be God. Right. Uh, so I yeah. think that's why you see so many people, you know, for example, in prison coming to Christ. And I've heard someone say that, you know, who has who has visited prisons and done ministry there, that they see the the people in prison so much more on fire for God than they do in the church. Oh yes. Absolutely. And and they're at their rock bottom. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have a guy who came into my class uh, 11 months ago, not a Christian. He came in to get the credit, to get time off his sentence. And now he walks around with his Bible on the outside of his stack of books so that mm. people can see his Bible and ask him about it. That's so cool. And uh, it's just, it's outstanding. Um, well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I want to share a little bit of information with you. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Uh, if you need to get a hold of Intern Dave, tell us something about the show, ask question, send in a song of the week or a word of the week, you can uh, get a hold of Intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com. We're also all over on the social media and all that stuff, so please check us out and look, at, look us up there. Drop a note. Give us a rating and a review on iTunes. 
consider uh, becoming a patron by going to messituppodcast.com and just click on that button that says become a patron and it'll take you to our Patreon page. Uh, Callie, are you um, out there on the social medias if people want to uh, find out who this wonderful person is or <laughs> anything like that? I am. I am on uh, Facebook and Instagram under Callie Bacon. That would be K-A-L-L-I-E. B-O-C-K-H-A-H-N. What a name. Oh, my goodness. I told Paul earlier that I'm still learning how to spell it. <laughs> it's so tricky. Yeah. I okay. have to do it. Do you do it phonetically in your head? Bahahan. Bahahan. Yeah. 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 I have to get the in yeah. there yeah. to make it mm-hmm. work right. in my head. Yeah. And I've, uh, yeah, I didn't learn how to spell it until you. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, now I'll learn how to spell it. And to pronounce it, it's rock on, bach on. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Uh-huh. Well, Callie, it has been a complete uh, pleasure having you on here and do this. And I think you are pushing the limits. You might be the record-breaking longest show oh, uh, in show history so far. I don't know if that's uh, a good thing or a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. I've had a great time. And if you want to hear more uh, of Callie's story, uh, we're going to have Callie and Matt on in a couple weeks to talk about their ministry with Youth for Christ. But Callie, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's just you're one of my all-time favorite humans. Oh, so thank this you. Is really, like really me. an awesome way to start the uh, the hundreds out with uh, with a great show like this. And um, I guess that's about it. We'll see you next time. We mess it up. All right. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.